Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's good, y'all? This is Breeze Brewing from the Mighty Juggernauts. And make sure you subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Kell. Hip-hop journalism on the highest level. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy, Joel Ortiz. And I want everybody to make sure that they subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einenko. Yo, Tim, I hope all is well. You my guy. I know these interviews are not interviews. They're actually conversations. And I appreciate them all. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ice-T. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews. With Tim I and Cal. It is old fucking official. Alright? Stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. And there's a lot of tension going on and um, you know, what it wasn't really East Coast, West Coast beef. It was just Pac and Big going at each other. You know, they had problems. And the worst problems is when you're fighting with somebody who you used to be friends with and Pac and Big were friends. So that was turning into the East Coast, West Coast beef. Not to mention Biggie getting killed in California wasn't a good look. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm in New York City at the time when Big, when Big got shot and I get a phone call. And they were like, yo, Ice, be careful that somebody just killed Biggie out here in L.A. We know you in New York. We don't want, you know, tit for tat. Somebody might just take off on you, you know, because you're West Coast. And it just started, the press started to push the line, like, whose fault is this and that? And before you know it, it was the headlines of, I think, Vibe magazine, East Coast, West Coast beef. And I just wanted to put make a song to try to squash it, you know. And um, we were doing this thing on the radio where they were, we would come on. Me and Lisa Evers would come on, and we would broadcast from L.A. and New York simultaneously, and let L.A. people talk to New York people. So we were trying to really nip that in the bud because. You know, you don't want people in New York to go to L.A. and get shot at or vice versa versa. when it really wasn't supposed to be that to begin with. So, yeah, Valuable Game was just me saying, hey, man, we, you know, some of y'all buses out here trying to waste up what it took all some of us hustlers all this time to lace up. Like we got a we got a good thing going, you know, let's not 
fuck it up. You know, hip hop's become the game of death, you know? Uh, so I, there's a lot of shit I said in that record, but I did it in a different style of rap where I'm just talking. And uh, yeah, it might be one of the most motivational thing because it's me singing about hip hop as a whole and trying to save hip hop. I want to fast forward to 2012. You know, you you produced, directed uh, something for nothing, the art of rap. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the documentary with just name a few, Kane, Chuck, yeah, you know, everybody, every, everyone, every, everyone, every, everybody that was in my my phone was in that movie. <laughs> um, what is well, what we, nine years later, uh, looking back at that film. Is there anything you would want to change from it? What do you think? And what do you think the ultimate? What, what do you think the long-lasting impact has been on it so far? Now that movie happened because I was watching TV, you know, and I wanted to direct feature films and stuff. And they said most directors start with a documentary. Okay, so I said okay. Then I was watching this other thing where they said if you're going to start a business, start with the thing you're most familiar with, the lowest hanging fruit. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do a movie, I'm gonna do a doc, what's the lowest hanging fruit? It would either have to be gang shit, street shit, you know, kind of like some of the projects I just showed you before we started, or it would be rap. But I said, the gang shit, street shit, those aren't stars. Rap are really stars, so people might tune in. So I said, you know what, this is a great time to document hip hop, because hip hop is making a turn. And it's going into a more musical style. It's not as lyrical. It's changing. And also, we're losing a lot of hip-hoppers. So let me document those that are alive. Let's get in here. So I just called people up. I called Eminem. I called all these different friends. I said, if I came and shot you, would you answer 10 questions? I only got 10 questions. Sure, Ice. So I had access. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got with a camera crew, a company out of uh, England. And we shot. It took two years to shoot the movie. The crazy thing is I have a, when the movie was cut, it was a four-hour cut. And then Sundance said it had to be 90 minutes. So we had to edit the hell out of that movie. Um, I just think making a doc, you just want it to be respected. I think it's respected. I think somebody who watches it tomorrow will get the same thing out of it that people watched it nine years ago. They get to see Rakim break down how he raps. And since then, we've uh, me and Mickey have done the Art of Rap tour, right. which is still on the road. We have a big one coming up in California, headlined by Cypress Hill. Art of Rap tour is like my Lollapalooza. It's like I created it, but I'm not the star of it. It has every different time it plays, it has a different lineup based on you know what the promoter in that region wants, mm -hmm. and we have access to all the golden age hip hoppers, you know. Uh, the last one I did was Me, Too Short, Kane, EPMD, Bone Thugs and Harmony. So Art of Rap Tour will be out there till the wheels fall off. You know, we it, it gives the people from the golden era like Slick Rick, like Das Effects, people that have sold gold and platinum records, it's a place to perform. Mm. Because we sell out arenas. But, you know, no disrespect, but if... Um, you know, EPMD's waiting on Drake to call him to go on tour. They probably won't go on tour. Right. You know, Drake is going to call call somebody from his genre, you know, his era, and we, as he should. But but that doesn't mean people don't want to see, you know, the, 
I, we don't even say old school. We say golden era hip hop. You know, people still will come see LL. They still want to see Wu Tang. They still want to see Ice Cube. You know, so art of rap provides that. And, and, and I think also the great thing about this movie was that not just you obviously had access to all these amazing artists. Is that you're? It's easy to say that you're fans of their music as well. And and, and so I was happy to see. Um, and you know, came across a hip hop DX article. Was right. you had an interview with them about a possible album you might want right. to drop, and your inspiration was Scarface's uh, "Deeply Rooted," right. uh, which is an incredible album. And the last, right. it's like a hidden track. Mental Exorcism is one of my favorite tracks yeah. on that album. I just got off the phone just now with a producer named Charlemagne um, out of the Bronx, who's begging me to do an album. You know. I mean, he's a super producer. He actually produced one of the uh, SMG albums I did with Smooth the Hustler and Trigger, The Gambler. And he's like, come on, Ice, you know. It's just about getting in that right zone. See, the thing of it is for me to make a record right now, I know they're not going to play it on the radio. I don't care. Wu-Tang can drop the hottest record in the history of the world. It will not get rotation because there's new kids that need that those spins, right. and that's just what it is. Now, can't be mad about that. You know, why would I be mad? I mean, there was a five-year, ten-year period where we wanted to cover every magazine anywhere you went, so we had our ride. It's time for other people to have their ride. No biggie. But for me, it's like, okay, you're gonna put out, you're gonna spend some time, go in and cut an album that you might get on some mixed shows. You know, your fan base will like it. But I just, you know, you just got, I just got to get motivated. It's like, it's got to be the right storm. Like when I heard, when I heard um, Scarface's record, Face was like, I'll produce your whole record. I'm like, all right, we can go in. But as an artist, it's got to be the right. See, it's different when you, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this with all humility, it's different when you got to put out that next album to pay your rent. Right. If you don't put out an album, you're not looking at any money. But at this point, I don't really need the money from the album. So now I just need the time to do it you know, and, and, and the want to do it. It's a different motivation. It's a better motivation than really needing the money. It's because now I can just be truly artistic. But uh, I've been doing these... Um, K Slay uh, videos, the Rolling Hundred Deep Hundred, and everybody's really reacting to my bars. They like ice, ice, ice. And then after we watch Jada Kiss just destroy shit, I think people are now starting to listen and to listen to the rappers. Right. Man. Like, what are y'all saying? I, you know. So, who knows? Maybe this year. Maybe this year. And you don't. And you wouldn't necessarily, because of where you are in your career, you wouldn't necessarily have to go on tour for the album or something. No, I, just, I would just do the I would just do the album just to do it. What was it what was it about? I mean, there's so many I think amazing tracks on Deeply Rooted. Mm -hmm. What was it for you? What was it about that album that kind of stood out to you that I just liked the fact that it was mature. You know, it was him rapping from who he is now. You know, um, nobody wants to hear me at rap like 18-year-old Ice-T. They want to know what's going on in my life now. The thing of it is, is they don't think there's no struggles. They don't think that, okay, well, Ice, you, you're relatively successful, but you don't have no problems. Nah, I could go out of here in the street. Like Chris Rock said, I'm, I'm famous from about 
10 feet away in good light. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a cop can put a bullet in the back of my head. Haters are out there talking shit. You know, people want to get it. You know, the, the, it, the stuff still is there. You know, you can get into any kind of altercation. My buddy, my, my young player partner, Gonzo, just got killed a week ago, you know, at a gas station, uh, at a bowling alley up in Seattle. Like, who would have thought that? Mm-hmm. You know, he ain't gang banging no more. What is happening? So, my dogs are running around upstairs. <laughs> it's like you're always you, and and you know, life situations might change, but some stay the same. You know. You can have family problems. You can have girl problems. Look at Dr. Dre going through a divorce. It's all kinds of shit. Right. So rapping as, as an adult and rapping from that perspective was very interesting to me. And the Scarface is just such a badass rapper. You know, he, he's so literal. I like literal rappers. I've always liked Face. I like Ice Cube. Uh, I don't mind decoding some rappers, but then I also like rappers that you know exactly what, what the fuck they're saying. Right. Just just no like, you know, special, you know, decoder ring you need to read to <laughs> right. get to it. That's a style though, but that's okay. That's cool. I know you like pausing and like, all right, I gotta go to genius.com, figure this thing yeah, out for a second. I think Wu Tang invented that heavy slang where you just like, okay, wait a minute. What the fuck did that mean? You know, <laughs> um, you know, we're here and we're on uh, allhiphop.com. So I, I have to ask you uh, and I uh, about the late uh, Bismarck Key. Yeah, I uh, passed away about a month ago. Um, for those who don't know, what was your kind of? Do you remember your first kind of meeting him? Absolutely. The first time I really met Biz was on tour, and um, we shared a tour bus. Our first tour, our big tour, was the Dope Jam tour. It was myself. It was Biz Marquis with TJ Swan. It was KRS-One, Miss Melody, D-Nice. Um, it was Kumo D. It was Dougie Fresh and Eric B and Rakim, those six bands. And we were the openers, so we had to share a tour bus to save money. So here I am with meeting Bismarck really up close and personal for about a hundred shows. And we just became close, close friends. I mean, there's not a day he's ever mad. He turns everything into a joke. He sings. He's this, he was in hip hop. There's a few people that are absolutely real. Like you might think it's an act. It's not an act. Like Flavor Flav, it's Flavor Flav. Right. Like what you see, that's who Flav is all the time. <laughs> when you seen Old Dirty Bastard, that's who Old Dirty Bastard was. Sir, some of these people, it's an act. You know, they can turn it off and on. Bismarcky's always Bismarcky. Cool Keith is always Cool Keith. So I love those kinds of people. And those people, they never get mad, and I would never want to see them mad, <laughs> you know? But yeah, it broke my heart losing Biz. You know, I had just been with him at Tretch's birthday. I mean, um, excuse me, wedding. And then I uh, was another event. I seen Cool V by himself, and he told me that Biz was in the hospital dealing with diabetes. And uh, you just don't think they're going to pass away, right. you know. And so many people are dying from COVID. And yeah, it broke my heart. I went to the funeral. You know, 57 years old. 
Yeah. But I got to see him once at uh, the 930 Club right. in DC. Right. And I think it was, uh, it was part of the Root Show. Right. And it just looked like he had, he was just having fun. And like that, that energy was just like, it just, you know, played off the crowd so well. Even the way he rapped, it was like, you know, it was almost like he would freestyle and say the craziest stuff and the wildest stuff. The last picture I got him being busy, he's sitting in my lap. I mean, the dude was like 300 pounds and sat <laughs> in my lap. But, you know, you are not going to find anybody who could say something bad about Bismarck. Mm-hmm. He was just, and he brought humor to hip hop. He brought outrageousness to hip hop. You know, him and Shantae doing songs like Picking Buggers. <laughs> like, who the fuck does that? You know? So, and when he sung Benny and the Jets on TV, like, who does that? That's biz. <laughs> He'll be missed. And he won't be replicated. No. Imagine. Oh, man. I, uh, just can't believe, tough, tough to believe that he's, 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 he's gone. Um, I wanted to turn a little bit to kind of I guess early, early influences for you and in a way where, you know, obviously today because of online, if you're a West coast, you can hear East coast easily. If you're East coast, you're West coast and vice versa. Uh, I remember DJ bugs telling a story about in the early days and you know, be real. talks about it too, that DJ mugs used to fly from Cali to New York Mm -hmm. and then get cassette tapes and bring it back. And the Cypress Hill would be able to listen to them as well. Do you remember your first, like, uh, I guess East Coast and artists that you heard that kind of amazed you and then the first West Coast artist that you heard that amazed you? Well, when I was in the Army um, when hip-hop really hit and Sugar Hill Gang came out. And then the cats that were from New York had tapes. And they had, you know, the the, the, the tapes of flashes on the beat bars going to these legendary tapes and stuff and the legendary battle of Kumo D and Busy B and all that kind of stuff. And hip hop is so like, it's just so entrancing. Like when you first see hip hop and the elements, you know, you look at graffiti, you're like, yo, that's so dope. Or you watch a DJ, you're like, that's so dope. Or you watch a break dancer, everything is fascinating. So hip hop has like four big hooks that'll catch you. One of them will catch you, you know? And the cool thing about hip hop, it just made you it, it, it was it was difficult, but it was obtainable. Like you, if you practice, you could do it. So I, I mean, I just remember just listening to like Cold Crush Brothers, early tapes. You know, Funky Four Plus One More. The I remember first time I saw Wild Style the movie. I got blown away. And on West Coast, the first rapper I really heard was Toddy T. Uh, Toddy T and them were doing like parodies of songs you know like the freaks come out at night they mm-hmm. did the clucks come out at night talking about crackheads and the batter ram you know and they were like really beating up the streets like mixtapes uh, I heard them and um, of course Too Short Out of the Bay you know Freaky Tales these are the tales and um, I met Too Short really early in my career. His guys that he was working with brought him down, and me and him made friends early. But, you know, those are my first memories. I remember listening to, uh, of course, Curtis Blow, 
You know, Curtis Blow had a very important part in my career because I was I did a rap contest in L.A. at Carolina West, and Curtis Blow was a judge, and I won. And having a real rapper like him say I won made me believe, whoa, I might have something, you know? So all these things slowly moved me over into thinking rap could be something, you know? Um, you obviously are not just an MC, uh, artist, producer, as mentioned before. And uh, Talib Kweli, when we interviewed him before, he talked about how he's, you know, he's podcasting now, he's an author. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not just touring or, or mm -hmm. um, and he, and he, what he said was that, you know, what he learned from being able to be an author and a podcaster is that he doesn't have to tour till he's mm -hmm. dead. You know, he doesn't have to tour to continuously make money mm -hmm. and he's fortunate and he's very appreciated that he could do that. Um, and you've also in the past have been very, and you're in Twitter as well. You're very open about mm -hmm. how much money you make for a commercial for, you mm -hmm. know, exactly mm -hmm. like that. Um, if, if, if rap could pay you television money, would you drop TV and focus more on emceeing or is it just like you're such the artist as, a, as an actor that you just continue to do that? Well, you know what? Honestly, it's a good question. But honestly, uh, see, there's two types of money with rap. Right. One is what we call mailbox money where you make the record and you sell a lot of records and a lot of royalties come in and you just get a, you get paid. The next one is you got to go out and gig. Mm -hmm. I don't mind gigging, but of course, I don't like doing it as much as I used to. Um, if you want to go out and gig and really make a lot of money, you'd have to gig maybe 250 days a year. You'd have to really hit the road hard. I got a family now. You know, I got a kid. I've I, I done that. I've been around the world 10 times. Like, I already done that. So I like the ability to do law and order and have a job where I go to work, come back and I still gig on the weekends. I can still do a show on the weekends, but to wipe that slate clean. I mean, honestly, I don't think if I had, I know because being able to do more things is more fulfilling. Right. If I, if even if rap paid me and all I could do is rap, then I, I, I would be a rapper that wanted to act. I right. would like, damn, I want to, I wish I could act. So to be able to act, to be able to do rock, to be able to do rap, I'm living the dream. I got, I get it all, you know. And um, acting, you start liking it. But um, the, uh, what happens is with this, what happens, Tim, is you're unknown. You become known with rap, okay? You sell a million records, blah, blah, blah. Oh, guess what? Maybe he could be in this movie. That's how I got in New Jack City. Not because I was an actor, it was because I had sold millions of records. And that opened that door. Well, shit. Now he's selling this. Now he's on uh, 40 million TVs a week. Maybe he can sell some Tide, you know? And, and another door opens. And as these things evolve, people are like, hey, why don't you become part of our hotel? Mm -hmm. they're, now they're using your fame to fund other things. And that's what happened with Jay-Z. That's why Puffy is doing Chirac. Puffy's doing Chirac because he was already famous and his fame transcended into the liquor which propelled him. So what it is is that as you move up in music, as those doors open, don't turn them down, right. investigate them. You know, who would know that most deaf would like acting? 
You know what I'm saying? But he's a great actor. So I tell the youngsters, I'm like, very few people will take hip hop for a ride like I've taken it for. But gotta remember, I'm not really a rapper. Mm -hmm. I taught myself how to rap. You know, I'm a hustler. So when I taught myself how to rap, that opened some doors. And one of my boys told me, he said, maybe your entire rap career was your audition for film. That's dope. That's a good line. That was your audition to get into movies. And maybe, and that now look at Will Smith, you know. Um, as you get older, your time becomes more precious. So the compensation for your time becomes in the play. So if you, if you're going to make an album and it's going to take a year of your life and you're going to bust your ass and do it and you put it out and it only sells X amount of dollars, it's like a wasted year. So you're like looking for something that's more guaranteed. Mm. I got, so like when I go on Law and Order, Law and Order is a season. You get picked up for three seasons. That's 23 episodes a season. You know what you're getting paid per episode. You put that in the bank. All right. Right? With music, you're going to put out that record and you're going to hope that it sells. And they may not sell. Or you think I'm going to go on tour and COVID hits and there ain't no tours. We put out the, we put out the Carnivore album last year. Two weeks after we dropped it, COVID hit. We haven't been able to play one song off that album. The album that won the Grammy live because of COVID. We just played a concert two weeks ago and that was the first time we were ever able to play anything off of that. So I think a smart hustler is gonna cover his lanes. You want a multiple instrument come streams. You want, you know, do a little music here, do something for a video game here, do commercial here. Just play all your options. Hmm. A few of my questions. Um, You know, you talk about body count here, you talk about MC, are there, is there a song or maybe a line from a song in body count that you're like, that, that kind of impresses yourself, you know, that you wrote that you're like, oh, I'm good. And then there's a line as an MC that you kind of wrote or a song that you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I've, I've created that. I don't know. I think the, the last album, my favorite song, the one I get the most inspiration out is a song I did called On Another Level which is, you know, how I push past, you know, you said I'd never be shit, you know, and it, it's, it's an inspirational song I did with Jamie Jasser. And, you know, now I don't know far, far as one of my lyrics that, that fascinate me, I don't know. There's so many, I say so much wild shit. I don't know, and you know, people, people, uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean because it's bars, so it's right, it, right, it's right. bars and stuff. Like I like the one the rhyme I do on my show now. I do this thing where I do uh I play Bobby Schmurter's beat, and I say uh, uh I say bitch niggas perpetrating the sport, fake motherfuckers reading Rob report, bitch boy bitch boy you'll never get far. You suck a dick for a play on world star. I ride hard black car bent in the tent. It's all good. 
too much wood. Haters truly hate what they wish they could. I'm golden when I'm rolling all up in your hood. Gang bang black tie tucks with the upper crust. Step to me stupid outside, I might fucking bust. Stop lying, bitch, let the truth speak. Start dying, no vegan, I cook beef. I'm rough terrain, bad traffic. M16 fully auto with the holographic. I'm so classic, I peel your cap back. Anyone can get his fitted a snap back. I'm that old school nigga with the gray hair paralyzed. Still have you killed from my wheelchair. I said I have you killed from my wheelchair. I think I caught a body about a week ago. <laughs> Wow, so you know, shit. it's just rhyming, and 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 to me, good rap don't require a beat. It's just lyrics, and it, and I tell cats, I say, the trick is it has to be entertaining. You know, you can rhyme a bunch of rock words together, and it just if it's not entertaining, you're showing verbal dexterity, but it's not entertaining. Um, Chuck says I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling. Right. So, you know, that's the trick. And I, I love it, you know, when it's done well. And we saw, and you mentioned earlier, we saw, we saw Jada Kiss, right? And, and, Jada Kiss killed it. And so I have to ask you, would you ever do a versus? Or would you ever want to? I mean, it's, it's kind of. I don't, I don't, I don't, first off, nah. Nah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You never say never, but I don't know who I would go up against, you know? And I don't know. Cause I don't know. It's not something. I was talking to Dre about it. Dre was like, nah, I don't want to do verses. You know, I'm like, who would go up against Dr. Dre? <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. It's not on my bucket list. not like I'm watching verses like, ooh, ooh, ooh I want to get on there. No, no not at all. Uh, Legendary Ice-T, uh, thank you so much, as always, uh, for me on allhiphop.com for that celebrity to Michael. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me in the library and we know there's many more questions to be asked yes. but we're going to leave it right here. Yes sir, yes sir. All right, peace. Thanks, Thank you. All right. Thank you. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.